Uh, this webinar is designed for those of you who have experience with trying to create new habits or change or get rid of old habits, which all of us have experienced this. So today I'm going to be sharing with you some secrets in a way, uh, how to do that. We have a lot of content to cover, some of which I've already covered in two videos that I put out already. And then the rest of the content will be covered today in this webinar. You will get a copy of it. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to share with you three common obstacles that we all experience when we're trying to change habits. Again, I've gone into detail in this in a video, but I'm going to go over it now. And then we're going to talk about three solutions, one of which I went into detail in a video, but we'll still go over it today. And then I'll give you the other two solutions to creating new habits, changing old habits, changing patterns of speech and thinking. And we're going to use the example of slowing your speech down. That's the example that we're going to use, but you can apply this to any and every other area of your life. Okay, any area where you want to change habits, you're pretty much going to face these obstacles and more. And these solutions will also apply. So the first obstacle is habits that we have patterns of thinking and patterns of behaviors. And these patterns allow us to do these things automatically, which is a good thing, right? It's our brain's way of preserving and reserving energy. So when you and I create a habit, we move into a level of what we call automaticity, right? And this means that we do it automatically. So we don't really have to think about it. For example, I did a video on how to speak like you walk. When you walk, you don't really think about it. Right? You just get up and move to wherever you're doing. There's lots and lots and lots of other things that we do habitually, right? Automatically, easily, uh, effortlessly, without thinking about it, because they've become habits and patterns. Well, not only do we have habits and patterns that are good for us, things that we do naturally, but we also have habits and patterns that are, that are bad, that we don't like. So, for example, if you speak too fast and you'd like to slow your speech down or if you feel rushed, that's a habit. It's a pattern. It's probably something that you've been doing for years and years and years and decades. So one of the obstacles to changing that is the fact that it's a habit. You do it automatically or you do it without thinking about it. So if you're in a meeting or you're in a conversation, and I've, and I've seen this, probably spent thousands, thousands and thousands of hours of watching people do this. And you say, okay, let's, let's work on slowing your speech down. And you'll watch that initially, maybe they'll slow their speech down for not even a minute. And then like a minute later or less, they're speaking fast again. Why is that? Well, it's because that pattern of speaking fast is wired in, literally wired in. And they do it automatically. And so they naturally shift their attention, right? And we'll get into this a little bit, but they shift their attention to the content, to what they're saying or to you or to their environment, or something else. They shift their attention away from speech, which is supposed to be natural and easy and effortlessly. 
right? But when you're trying to create a new pattern of speech or any new pattern, you have to put some conscious attention to it. So what will happen is seconds later, they'll revert back to their old way of speaking. And so this can become an obstacle to creating a new way of speaking is the fact that you have a habitual way of speaking and of thinking, right? If you generally worry about or negatively anticipate upcoming speaking situations, going to order coffee, going to do a meeting, you have a stand-up, uh, there's, a, there's a round table, even a virtual round table where you have to introduce yourself and you start to worry about that. That's a pattern, it's a habit, it's a habitual way of thinking. So you have a habitual way of thinking and a habitual way of speaking. And because it's habitual, because it's a pattern, it's automatic and it's difficult to change. So that's one obstacle that you're probably aware of that, that we struggle with when we're trying to do something new. A second obstacle, believe it or not, has to do with beliefs. Beliefs. So you and I, believe it or not, have beliefs, many of which are false, about how we speak. Again, we're using the example of slowing down. We have beliefs about how we're supposed to speak, about how other people see us. We'll talk about identity in just a minute. But we have beliefs. And one belief that I've seen over and over, and Farouk has probably seen this too, when we talk about slowing down, you may have a belief that you're not going to sound as intelligent if you slow your speech down. People are not going to pay attention to you if you slow your speech down. People are going to think you are strange or weird if you slow your speech down. Your family, your partner, your colleagues are going to say, what's wrong with you? Why are you speaking slow? And sometimes they actually will say that because I've heard clients say it. So they will say, why, why are you speaking so slow? Why are you speaking like that? You are going to feel weird probably if you slow your speech down and you, and you think, well, this is not me. This is not the way I speak. This is not the way I'm supposed to speak. So these beliefs are and can actually hold you back from making those changes. Now, some of these beliefs can be true, and we'll talk about in the solution part of why it doesn't matter if they're true or not. Uh, but some of these beliefs can be true, and I'll give you an example, and some, and some, if not many, are false. Here's what I mean by that. If you believe that you're going to sound less intelligent if you speak slower, well, guess what? That's a false belief. Okay? Uh, if you speak slower, and, I, and I've actually seen this and done this myself, I've, I had a PhD student who learned to slow his speech down, and he had this this presentation that he had to do it was already done. And when he spoke fast, he took a certain amount of time. When he slowed his speech down, he was actually more efficient. He actually did the presentation in less time. Why is that? Uh, type into the chat box why you think he was more efficient when he slowed his speech down. And then I'll give you the reason myself. So go ahead. Uh, some of you type into the chat box why you thought he was more efficient speaking slower than speaking faster. And I'll circle back around and we'll talk about why. So that's an example of a belief that, that he had. Like he had a belief that, you know what, if I speak uh, slower, it's going to take me longer. It's going to take me longer. Okay. 
but that wasn't true. So you may have a belief that if you speak slower, people are not going to listen to you. They're going to think you're less intelligent. Uh, he was clear and didn't have to repeat himself. Okay, very good. Let me get one or two more uh, suggestions as to why he was more efficient. All right. So when a person thinks that, you know, I'm not going to sound as intelligent because all my colleagues are talking really fast, so I need to talk fast or I need to speak fast. And so if we think that, that belief will actually hold us back from slowing our speech down. Even though we want to slow our speech down, we know that we need to. We're like, okay, I really need to slow my speech down. But for some reason, when I get ready to do it, I can't. Or I just feel like I don't want to or I don't. Why is that? But you've got all the techniques, you've got all the strategies, you know why you need to do it, but something's holding you back. It's that unconscious belief that it's not good for you, that people are going to see you in a negative way. And so that belief holds you back. That's an obstacle. All right. So let me just look at some of the responses. Uh, he can think more about using the skills if he speaks slow. He was not getting stuck when he spoke slower. By slowing down, the panel could hear him well, so he didn't have to repeat himself uh, because he was clear. He had a rhythm and time to think, time to think. Because he slows his speech down, he speaks more smoothly without getting stuck and blocking. Slow talk gives confidence and more control. Great. Thank you, guys. Very interact. All his answers, 100% correct. So he didn't. Slow is, is also powerful. Yeah, in the military, uh, especially in special forces, there's something that's called uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And this applies to speech, absolutely. You slow your speech down, you start speaking smoother. And when you start speaking smoother, you can actually vary <clears throat> your speed. You can speak more dynamically and you can actually speak faster. You can be more efficient, but you can be clearer. You can be more efficient and effective when you speak slower. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Okay. So what happened is, yes, he was able to speak more efficiently because he didn't have to repeat himself. He didn't have to use a lot of filler words. And so he actually was able to give this presentation in less time than he did when he was speaking fast. So trust me, when you slow your speech down, you'll be more concise. You will be more precise with your words. It's also more powerful uh, you have more impact when you slow your speech down. This doesn't mean you're dragging your speech and speaking super duper slow. No, you're just going to be more efficient and more effective. You may pause more. People are going to listen to you. So this belief that if I slow my speech down, people are not going to listen to me. If I slow my speech down, it's going to sound weird. If I slow my speech down, I'm not going to sound as intelligent. Um, if I slow my speech down, it's, it's, not, it's, going, it's not going to be me. Well, if you want to speak smoother and you want to speak more calmly and more clearly and confidently, you're going to need to start with slowing your speech down and then move from there into more dynamic speech. So a second one has to do with beliefs. And then the third one has to do with identity. Identity. Now, while we're getting into this, one thing that I'd like for you to do uh, especially with these two, type into the chat box some of the beliefs that you have about your speech. It could be about slowing your speech down, 
about changing your speaking style, about even working on your speech. Some people have beliefs that, well, I've been struggling with this for decades and it's not going to change, or there can't be something that can help me speak smoother. I'm a severe stutterer. I've tried all kinds of stuff. I've even tried your stuff, Michael Williams. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We've been doing this for so long that we know that if you really dig in and you apply yourself because of how our brains work, and we'll get into this, you can absolutely change the way that you speak and change the way that you think. It's just the way our brains work. There are people who've had strokes, like literal brain damage, and they've been able to change the way they speak and change the way they, they walk and so forth. So if they can do it, guess what? You can do it too, right? All right. So I want you to type in some of the beliefs that you think you have about your speech, about slowing down, changing your speaking style, modulating your voice more, using your hands more. What are some of the beliefs that you have, some of them being false, that may be slowing you down or holding you back? So let's talk about identity, which is kind of a subset of beliefs. You and I have an identity, this how we see ourselves. In fact, we have what's called a self-concept, and our self-concept and our self-identity is a bundle of beliefs uh, that is in every area of our life. So you and I have an identity or self-concept for how we walk, for how we speak. Now, watch this. For how we speak in different situations, how we speak to people or with people or around people in authority, how we speak with our colleagues, how we speak with our mother, our father, our brothers, our sisters, with our boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife. We have identity, how we speak to a large group of people, how we speak with a small group of people, how we order coffee, how we speak online or offline. We literally have identities for how we do all of those things and all of those different speakers, how we speak on the phone, right? We have identities for that. So what we have to do then is understand that, hey, I have like an identity, self-concept for how I speak in these different speaking situations. We know this because you know this. You'll say, well, if I speak to my colleagues or I'm speaking around my colleagues, generally speaking, I'm fine. As soon as someone in authority comes in, then I start to get stuck. I start to become more self-conscious. If I'm speaking and I'm sitting down and there's five people in the room, I'm fine. But as soon as there's 10 people or 15 people, all of a sudden I start becoming self-conscious. I start becoming anxious. So you already know that you speak differently in different speaking situations. Same thing with family members and friends. So your identity how you see yourself, who you believe yourself to be in different speaking situations can be an obstacle to your changing, all right? So I'd like for you just to be thinking about two things. Number one, what are some of the beliefs that I have that may be holding me back? Because you're going to need to identify those beliefs and then replace them with new ones. And we'll get into that as soon as we move into our solutions, which we're about to do now. Farouk, uh, do you have anything to add uh, before we move into the solutions part? And if anyone has any questions, please feel free to put those into the chat 
box and uh, Farouk will probably answer them and or I can answer them. So do you have any thoughts that you want to interject before we start talking about solutions? So, Michael, so first of all, uh, are you guys able to hear me? Sounds great. Is now. All right. Yeah. Good, good, good. Excellent. Yeah, so not much that I would like to mention. I think Michael did mention all of the stuff. Uh, one thing that I found most of my clients saying, whom I've been working with, like especially at the start, when they start to change their speech, they say that we feel weird when we use our new speaking style. And I can also see that some of the people wrote that down in the comments, that the people usually at the start, while they start working on their speech, they feel weird and they feel uncomfortable while they start working on their speech. And the point that we have to mention right there is that you should feel weird. You should feel uncomfortable as you use your new speaking style. Now, you would not be feeling weird or it does not actually feel weird because it is weird. It feels weird since it's something which is new. It is something which you haven't been used to do. So it's not only with speech. Whatever you start to do that you have not done in the past, let it be driving, let it be something else. At the start, when you do it, you would start to feel that way. So whenever you start to change, many people have this belief in their minds that we are feeling uncomfortable, we are feeling weird, so we don't want to do it. Well, you should feel uncomfortable, you should feel weird, but it would only be for a very short period of time until you would get used to your new speaking style and then you would start to flow. And as I said, it does not sound or feel weird just because it is weird, it is not weird. It just feels weird since it is something which you're not used to doing. So this was just a small thing that I wanted to mention. And I think the rest of this stuff has already been mentioned. So, yeah. Very good. In this first solution to creating new habits, I'm going to share with you three laws that I want you to remember as your 4G new habits. Three laws. And I'm going to just change this page here. And one of those laws is what we call three laws for you to remember. And one law is called Hebb's law. Hebb's law says that neurons that that fire together wire together. When our neurons, right, those nerve cells that are contained within our brain, when they communicate together, when they communicate frequently, they improve their relationship. When they communicate, they relate. So think about it like that. The more they communicate, the more and stronger they relate. So what's happening is when our neurons communicate with each other, when they fire, they're literally sending data back and forth, right? They're sending data, they're sending information, they're sending commands. And so the more that they start communicating, the closer they get, the tighter they get, the better their relationship. And then what eventually happens is they begin to do something called myelinate, right? They myelinate. And that is uh, this fatty substance, which is called it's insulation. It insulates those, those neurons so that the, the data doesn't leak out. And so it starts communicating more efficiently and effectively and rapidly. And when that happens, the experience that you and I have is automaticity. We do it automatically. We don't think about it. It's wired in 
it's a habit it's a pattern right and it's because we kept doing something over and over and over again so head's law simply says neurons that fire together wire together so when you and i repeat a behavior or a thought pattern over and over and over again what happens is the neurons or the neural network the group of neurons in the different areas of our brain that represent that behavior the thought patterns whatever it is it doesn't really matter right uh, the neurons that represent that behavior are communicating with each other and the more they communicate the tighter they get right the better their relationship the more they wire together and then the more that behavior that thought pattern becomes a habit so it's something that we do automatically so this can work for us and it can work against us but you'll need to remember that this is a, kind of a law this is how our brains work it's all a part of what we call neuroplasticity our brains are able we're able we are able through conscious effort to literally change the structure of our brain to change therefore how we behave change our patterns change our behaviors and so on. we can do that through conscious effort. As we get into these next two laws, you'll, you'll see why this is important to remember as you're trying to slow your speech down or create a new speaking pattern or learn a new language or uh, not worry about something. It's all tied to this. The second law is what we call the law of accelerating acceleration. Accelerating acceleration. The law of accelerating acceleration. Let me just explain this briefly. It says that basically the first 80% of the time that you're working on something. So let's say you're taking the Pro 90D uh, smooth speech course, or you're working on something. And the first 80% of that time that you're working on it, you're going to find that you, you're, you're only reaching or you've only reached about, or you've only achieved about 20% of your success. So you've been working 80% working and that's, been working for a long time, but you find that you've only gone a short distance towards your success, about, only about 20%. You're like, wow, I've been working on this. It doesn't look like I've gotten any traction. doesn't look like I've achieved anything. But here's what happens. The next 20% of the time that you are working towards this goal, that you're working on slowing your speech down, you've been going through our daily routine and you've been doing your affirmations, your self-talk, your modeling and all that stuff. The next 20% of that time, you achieve 80% of your results, right? So what happens is everything starts to accelerate. And it starts accelerating faster and faster and faster. So that the next thing you know, it just starts to click. Things just start to click for you and you get there. You get to your results faster. Now, you and I don't really know where that line is, that line of demarcation, where when you cross it, all of a sudden things click and it starts to accelerate. So what happens and why this is important is that if you're not aware of this law, you'll quit. You'll quit. You'll be working for a long period of time and you don't know where that line is because remember Hebb's law, it just takes time for our brains to fire and wire stuff. And you have to ask yourself, you have to analyze, have I been putting in enough time? Have I been putting in enough effort? Have I been consistent, right? Or have I been doing it part-time and sometimes when I feel like it? Because Hebb's Law is, is not going to be working in your favor if you haven't been consistently repeating the same behaviors and patterns over and over. 
So this is why you're not going to wire in a new behavior. You're going to simply continue to default back to the old behavior that's wired in, right? It's just, it's more efficient for our brains. So you will not know where that line of demarcation is. Now, we have some ideas from watching people over the past decade or so, and science, right, tells us if you do something for a certain amount of time, you're likely to wire this in at a certain level. So we, we kind of have some ideas. I have an idea when someone comes in how long it should take them to get to certain levels of smoothness, of confidence, of being relaxed. So it's not completely unknown, but it's different for every person. It's different for every skill and so forth and the complexity of the skills. So you don't know where this line is. So you're working hard and you're like, oh, this doesn't seem to be working. This is not working. Let me go search YouTube and see if I can find something else. Let me find some other videos. Let me try another program. Let me try another coach. Or this is not working at all. I've tried this stuff and it's just not working. What you don't know is that it is working beneath the surface, which brings us into this law of accumulation. That everything you and I do accumulates. It accumulates. It kind of snowballs. So when you are doing those affirmations and you're doing your self-talk and you're doing modeling practice and you're doing free flow speaking and you're getting out and you're trying to use your new speaking style, you're trying to remember to breathe, you're trying to remember to slow down and you find that, I'm going to give you an example, for example, slowing down. You have a conversation, five or 10 minutes. You will have to probably remind yourself to breathe and slow down who knows how many times, could be a hundred times, right? Within the five or 10 minutes, because you're going to remember, forget, remember, forget, remember, forget, remember, forget, right? And you're going to have to keep doing that throughout the whole conversation. But what will happen is if you keep trying to do that, remember the neurons, they're firing together, but they're not wired yet, right? Their, their relationship hasn't been, is not as strong as it will be later. So you're going to feel resistance. It's going to feel hard going to feel challenging, right, to try to slow your speech down. You're going to keep forgetting. So it'll be frustrating. It'll be physically exhausting. <clears throat> so when you do this in a conversation, then if you keep doing it, what will happen is who knows when, but it may take some weeks, but you will eventually start to uh, remember more often and you'll speak slower, longer. So you won't be Remember, forget, remember, forget. You might be remember, forget, remember. Right? It'll, it won't be as much as it used to be. And then what will happen is you'll go through entire conversations where you slowed your speech down. And then occasionally you'll forget and you'll have to remember. So you have to continue based on this law of accumulation. You want to accumulate those experiences of you trying to slow your speech. If you try, right, if you try, you'll fly. If you try, you will be able to do it, right? You will be able to slow your speech down. So these laws are very important to remember when you are trying to change habits. Now, I can't go into specific, we actually did mention, but specific techniques for a given habit because then you'd be here for days and days, weeks and weeks. But you can get those specifics in our program, right? We 
have very specific techniques and skills and strategies to help you change the way that you speak, the way that you think, and your identity. Very, very specific things that you can do. But we're talking in general habits. This solution says, I need to know about, I need to be aware of Hebb's Law. That if I continue to repeat this behavior consistently over and over, that it will become a habit, right? Based on neuroplasticity, based on Hebb's law. So it doesn't matter if I stutter, stammer, speak too fast, or if I'm not thinking clearly when I need to, or if I behave a certain way in front of these people, I can replace that with a new behavior as long as I know what that new behavior is, right? I need to identify what the new behavior is that I want. And then I need to repeat that new behavior in different situations and circumstances over and over and over, because I know that by repeating that behavior, I'm firing those neurons that represent that behavior. And based on the law of accelerating acceleration, that I may be working for a while until I can see the results, right? But if I keep working, something's happening beneath the surface. We know that it's happening beneath the surface based on science. If I keep doing it, all of a sudden, it's going to click. Something's going to happen. I'm going to cross that line, and things are going, are going to accelerate even faster, right? And then the law of accumulation says that same thing, that basically, <clears throat> I just need to keep accumulating experiences. So the more you get out and speak to people and try to slow your speech down, the sooner you will be able to start speaking slower. When I say slower, I don't mean dragging again talking about, I'm not speaking slow right now, I'm speaking dynamically. So slow doesn't mean dragging, it doesn't mean weird. Remember, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. The next solution, I wanna go ahead and, <clears throat> Farouk, if you have something to say, just raise your hand. If not, um, you may have something to say about our next one. Okay, all right, so you do? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sure, sure, Michael. Thanks. So I'll say something very short that uh, I would like to add that where we are speaking about changing these behaviors and why and how we need to do it over and over again. So this behavior is mostly about shifting your focus off of what you don't want to shifting your focus towards what you do want. If you keep having the focus on what you don't want, I hope I don't get stuck. I hope, I hope I don't anticipate. I hope this does not happen. I hope that does not happen. The more you would find yourself getting stuck and all of those things would be happening. more. But you have to keep shifting your focus towards your new speaking style. Now, what's your new speaking style? That is something that you learn inside the system. Let it be extending blending. Let it be slowing down. Let it be modeling and all that stuff. So that is what you do want. So when you shift your focus off or from what you don't want, to what you do want that is smoother and smoother speech and you start to do all the steps that are required for it that is where your speech starts to change very very fast but it only happens once you keep doing it over and over again not only once not only twice you might have to do it multiple times multiple times even if you feel like it's not working at the start you just keep going you keep doing the work as michael just said that you might see most of of those results just towards the end. So I find working on your speech is just like working on your physique. 
when you're going into the gym, you actually do not start to see changes in your physique in that first week or in the first two weeks. It takes time. But you only start to see those changes once you keep doing the stuff over and over and over again. And that is what you have to do with your speech as well. Speech is a habit and you have been speaking in a certain way. You have been having a certain belief about your speech for a long, long time. So you have to expect it to take some time. But it would only happen once you keep doing all that stuff over and over and over again. And you keep doing and you keep focusing on what you do. So, yes, Mike. Thank you so much for that, man. Yeah, you just you know, kind of highlighting, reinforcing um, some of the very important points. So, essentially, if you're watching this video, what we're saying is that, you know, and it's up to you, you need to choose a system and a process that you believe will work. You won't know 100%. Uh, you can watch all the videos that we have, uh, testimonials and reviews, and see what people say. And some people say, well, yeah, they weren't that bad in the first place. No, Farouk himself <laughs> will tell you, he said this in his story, you know, I, would, I could barely get out a word or a couple of words without getting stuck. And we have other people like, now, do we have people who, Go through the process and they don't really get the results they want yes that's going to happen and it doesn't matter what you're doing right and it's not a matter of blaming that person i know myself i've taken courses and done coaching didn't do everything i need to do i knew that so i didn't get the results i didn't get all the results that i needed to get so essentially we're saying invest in invest your time and your money in something that you believe is going to work. You're not going to know 100%, but you need to have a high level of confidence that's going to work. So if you look at what we do and you look at the science, and we're getting into some of the science right now, right? You look at the science, then you look at social proof. How many people have done this? For how long? It's been around for more than a decade now. I've got videos dating back to 2008. I've got 46, 47,000 Udemy students companies actually use my courses and this content to train their employees in their communication skills you look at the science you look at the results you look at the experience and if you immerse yourself you're going to get the results you also need to change your expectations some people are expecting to eliminate we're going to eliminate we're going to cure well guess what some people actually do eliminate like that this is gone but other people, for the most part, uh, diminish or reduce, right? Which doesn't mean that you're not going to be an excellent speaker. It just means that we're all going to have a certain level of disfluencies. So you're not going to go 100-100. Not going to be 100% fluent 100% of the time. Sometimes you'll be 100% fluent, but it's never going to be 100% of the time. You and I are going to have times where we're disfluent, and we may be more aware of that because of our experience because of our history we might be aware oh, i just got stuck there okay but other people do it too i had a client just yesterday say oh yeah i was watching my boss and just kept repeating something over and over until he got the word out he wanted it and but this guy doesn't think of himself as a stutterer right but you're all going to have we're all going to have this fun so we have to change our expectations when we are working on this process and that law of accelerating acceleration is basically saying you got to work on it and not expect 100, 100, but you got to keep working at it. And all of a sudden you're going to cross the line. It's going to click 
you know, be like, wow, I am able to say what I want to say. And when I do get stuck, it doesn't bother me. It's like a bump in the road. Now, let's talk about these next two solutions, these next two beliefs and identity. So when we talk about beliefs, I'm going to give you some specific steps to take to change your beliefs, because what I've seen, and this is where the coaching comes in, either with myself or Farouk, that you'll be trying to change something. For example, you'll be trying to slow down. And for some reason, it's not working. Or you'll be trying to airflow link, or you'll be trying to inflect, or just, just use a different speaker. It's just not working. Often it's because of a belief that you have, that you haven't identified yet. So when you're in coaching, we can say, aha, when you are in this speaking situation and you know that you need to slow down, but you don't, or you feel like you can't, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? What do you think? What do you tend to think there? And then if you think about it, and then the next time you're in that situation and you observe it, you say, aha, this is how I felt. This is what I thought in that moment. So you've identified a belief, often a false belief. So the first step that you're going to need to take in changing your beliefs and your identity, when we get to identity, I'm going to uh, just add, add one. But the first step is to raise awareness, right? Is to raise awareness. I think I got four of these. Is You're going to raise your awareness of the beliefs. So what I'd like for you to do now is identify, right? What are some of the beliefs that you have, for example, when you are trying to, for example, slow your speech down. So if you haven't done this, do it now. What are some of the beliefs that you have that when you're trying to slow your speech down, in that instant, you go, ah, they're going to think I'm weird. They're going to wonder why I'm all of a sudden speaking slower. Or this is going to feel strange. It's going to sound strange. They're going to think I'm trying to speak professionally. This is how I felt when I talked to my when my mother who's passed away. When I talked to my sister, she's going to think I'm trying to sound professional, right? <clears throat> so you want to raise awareness of those beliefs. So then you can say, aha, this is what's going on. This is what's kind of stopping me from doing what I actually want to do. Very important because if not, you'll be spinning your wheels. You'll be saying, okay, I need to slow down but I don't want to. I really do want to, but for some reason I'm not. Raise your awareness. The second one, these all start with R's, <clears throat> is you're going to replace. You're going to replace what? You're going to replace the belief. So second step here is you're going to replace that belief with a new one. You're going to replace the old belief with a new belief. How do you replace it? Well, I'm going to give you some very specific things you can say. For example, when we're, we're talking about speaking slower, you can say, you can use this as, in self, as a self-talk affirmation. You can say, uh, I can and I will take my time and say what I want, the way I want, when I want. You can say, it doesn't matter to me who's around doesn't matter who this person is, if it's a person in authority. It doesn't matter who these people are. I can and I will take my time and say what I want to say, the way I want to say it, when I want to say it. It doesn't matter who's here. It doesn't matter who this person is. I don't care if they're the president of the 
United States or whatever, or the premier or the president of the company or director, supervisor, I'm going to take my time and say what I want, the way I want, when I want. <clears throat> so this is a specific affirmation that you can use that will give you confidence to take your time and say what you want to say. So by saying this over and over and over to yourself during the day and also in that speaking situation, what you're doing is you're replacing that belief. You're replacing a false belief that oh, I shouldn't slow down. I can't slow down. They're not going to wait. You're replacing it by saying, no, I need to slow down. I'm going to slow down. And I'm going to give you some more when we talk about identity, <clears throat> right? So you replace the belief. And then the next one is you remember and then this one is very much related to this, but you, you reinforce, right? So you remember, you kind of recall, you remember situations where you spoke slower and it was effective. I had a guy, one of my coaching clients, I believe he lives in Saudi Arabia. And he said, you know, I, I spoke slower and I was talking with clients and they were listening to me. I felt more relaxed. I felt more in control. I got good feedback from them, good response, right? Great eye contact. They were able to follow. They asked great questions. So we were engaged. We were engaged. So you want to, you want to remember, you want to kind of remind yourself that, Hey, when I speak slower, for example, when I speak slower, I feel more relaxed. I feel more in control. I speak smoother. I feel more confident. Again, we're not talking about dragging your speech. We're just talking about slowing it down. There's a lot of other things. We're just using this one thing as an example. So you want to kind of remind yourself, recall, remember, why is this important in changing your beliefs? It's important because you are going to look for evidence to support whatever belief you have. So if you believe that you get stuck on introducing yourself or saying your name or breathing or blocking or whatever, it's because you've seen evidence of that, right? So it's not like you're making it up. It's like, no, this really happens. But as you start to create new beliefs, you need to look for evidence that that is working and can work as well, because you'll filter out evidence that it's working and kind of screen in or filter in or keep evidence that it's not working. Just keep evidence that whatever it is that you're struggling with is the way that it is. You'll just, nope, you'll keep seeing the glass is half empty. Does this make sense? So <clears throat> it's very important that you kind of look for evidence that this other thing is working. So you kind of have to uh, believe it before you see it and believe it as you're seeing it, right? So you're seeing some things happening and we'll kind of go into a few steps uh, of this in the next one when we talk about identity. But when you're changing your beliefs, you need to look for evidence that, hey, this is working and you have to understand that I'm building, I'm building a new habit, I'm learning a new skill. This is gonna take a little time and that I'm going to experience some setbacks and some failures, and it's not going to be 100-100, right? 
So you have to just understand that. You just have to keep forging forward, understanding that there will be a line that you cross when it clicks if you've been immersing yourself, if you've been repeating it. If you're not repeating it, Hebb's Law is not working for you so that you can't expect to get certain results. You can't expect to get certain results within a certain period of time because you haven't been accumulating those experiences. Okay, This is a good thing because, you know, if you're working on something and you haven't been seeing the results, you've got to go back and say, have I been doing everything? Some people do the affirmations. They do some free flow speaking, but they don't do the modeling or they don't do the free flow speaking or they don't do modeling enough. And so they say, oh, well, you know, I'm still struggling with this. Understandable, right? But it's because that person hasn't done everything or they're doing everything, but they're not going out and testing or putting themselves under pressure, putting themselves in real life speaking situations. So they're doing all the private practices. It's great. There's no pressure. But then when they go out, they're afraid to fail, right? It's just common, normal for all of us. And so they're like, okay, well, when I'm under pressure, it doesn't work. Everything falls apart. I don't well, that's just part of the process. As I learn, because I'm still learning, I'll be learning forever. Spanish, I literally have to go out and speak with people who speak Spanish. I can learn it and speak it fluently by myself. When I'm under pressure, that's when it counts. So I have to do it under pressure. So you have to do that. All right. Reinforce simply means you, you remember and then you use a diary and you write stuff down and you say, hey, guess what? This really did work. I did experience some success. So you reinforce the fact that it's working. You look for it. You rig the game in your favor. You look for successes, right? You recount these successes. You remember them because if you don't, you'll default and you'll just think about the failures that you've had. This is critical or else you'll never really be able to change habits unless you do this. And finally, identity, almost the same thing, right? Except for you're going to have some more targeted self-talk and affirmations here. And you're going to also do something that we call sell. And I'll talk about this in just a moment. So with your identity, you want to change your identity. What do you need to do? Well, there's some targeted self-talk, some targeted things that you need to say about who you are. And let me just give you a couple of these. People love the way I speak. People love to speak with me. I'm an amazing speaker. I'm an excellent speaker. Uh, I love to speak with people and people love to speak with me. I'm an expert. I'm a genius at this, right? People love to come to me and to talk to me about this. I love having conversations. People love the sound of my voice. They love the way that I speak. They love my speaking rhythm. What you're doing is you're changing your beliefs about who you are as a speaker. Equally as important, our identity, right? Our self-identity, our speaking identity, is also a reflection of and is impacted by how we believe other people see us, how we believe other people see us. So if we think that people look at us weird, that people know that we're about to get stuck, we know what we're about to say, but we didn't say it. If we're thinking all of that, then we're projecting that onto other people. 
right? So we're projecting a certain identity, like how we're telling people how we want them to see us. And so they will start to see us in that way sometimes, not all the time. But if you think within yourself that people love to be around you, they love to speak with you, they love to communicate with you, they love to converse with you, they love to hear you speak, you'll project that. You'll project confidence. And people will, and my clients will tell you, and I've had this happen and I still have it happen. In fact, I had it happen yesterday. Someone said, what do you do for a living? I'm a speech coach. Aha, I knew there was something about you because I was just telling some of my friends, I love the way Michael speaks. I love the way he speaks. Guess what? When you start telling yourself you're an excellent speaker, people love the way I speak, people are going to start to feed that back to you. They're going to start to reflect that and affirm that. And I've had so many clients come back and say, oh, my boss, my colleague, some family member actually verbally articulated that they appreciated the way I spoke. They liked the way I was speaking. This isn't something I'm making up. It actually will begin to happen to you. So when you change your identity, how you see yourself, and you begin to uh, verbalize that, you begin to articulate that and kind of put that out into the world, then you change the way you act and you feel more confident about going out and speaking and you feel calmer about going out and speaking and you start to use those new speaking skills and see successes and then those successes other people will experience and then they will begin to reflect back to you you are an excellent speaker we actually do we like being around you right and when you do that this reinforces your identity so so uh controlled controlled experience leveraging so it, this is a secret this is a secret Shh, don't tell anybody okay don't tell anybody about this right and that is what you want to do is create experiences where you are in control this also means being proactive so very very simple examples and you introduce yourself some people have trouble introducing themselves so we find that if you are proactive and you introduce yourself first hey how are you uh nice to meet you what's your name great oh my name is michael right so you just initiated that or if you're going and you're going to get coffee and they, they're going to ask for your name hi uh name is michael williams and i like to have blah, blah, blah. okay they're not going to remember your name probably so what was your name again well you've already said it it's michael right because you were proactive you initiated it you felt more in control so that was just one small example of how to be proactive so create situations where you're in charge you're facilitating the meeting you're teaching or you're training or you initiate the conversation or you initiate the introduction when you initiate when you're proactive when you feel like you're in charge and you're in control generally speaking you're going to feel calmer you're going to feel more confident and you're going to be more competent you're going to speak better generally speaking right not 100 percent of the time but more often than not because you're in control so what you want to do is leverage these controlled experiences 
to build traction, to build momentum, to create new successful speaking memories that your brain will then use to change your identity. Does this make sense? So you want to go out and create experiences where you're proactive or where you are in charge because you're more likely to speak better when you're when you feel like you're in control and then you're going to leverage all of those experiences to build more confidence and more experiences that your brain can then go back and say aha i am able to speak well even though the situation might have been a little different right so you were in control you were leading a meeting where now you're in a meeting but you have to translate that and say no i was still in a meeting and there were still people there and i was still and i was still able to do this so i can do it now so you leverage those experiences and this l just stands for list right so you kind of want to create a list of experiences that you can leverage to build your new speaking identity so what i used to do is volunteer to do presentations in front of large groups i would take jobs where i was uh, the facilitator or i was the teacher or the trainer right i would take jobs where i was a uh, a teacher a professor i was a professor where i was a preacher so do things where i was where where i was in control of my speech and what i was saying and when i was saying it and how i was saying it and what this did is it's allowed me to leverage those experiences okay so all the other things that we talked about in terms of changing beliefs because remember your identity is a bundle of beliefs about yourself so all of these things apply right and remember you also want to have those targeted affirmations you know what it doesn't matter who's here i can take my time and say what i want to say the way i want to say it when i want to say it and i'm an amazing speaker i'm an expert at this i'm a genius at this people love to talk with me they love to speak with me you want to say all those things because that's targeting your identity all right hopefully this was helpful now we got some questions so we're going to hang out for a while going to answer some questions. Farouk, anything you want to add? And then we're going to just go back and start to uh, dig into some of these questions. So if you guys want to hang out with us, you can do that. I am going to put up uh, something here. If you're watching this and you want to work with us privately, then you can click that link. I'm also going to send you a link to book your assessment session with me only book that session when you are ready to make a move it doesn't mean that you're going to but when you know that you're financially able to do it one of our laser focused coaching packages um, know that when you book the session it's because you want to ask me some questions about how it works some specific details or you just want to talk to me personally before you make that move don't book it just to explore just to kind of talk because you know we have lots of meetings and stuff going on so we want to reserve those assessment sessions for people that are financially able to make that move now or relatively soon and we just ask for you to respect that but understand that we can get you to your speech goals and therefore your life goals we have people telling us they feel more peaceful in life in general they feel I had one client tell me a couple of weeks ago she feels happier in general like in life and she feels more peaceful because of the 
process that they're going through with the coaching that it will take you longer in the self-study. You can get there, it's just gonna take you longer, sometimes 10 times longer. We can get you to a place within a few months that it might take you a year or two years to get to working on your own. So that doesn't mean don't take the self-study. If that's what you can afford, do the self-study. If you can afford the coaching, do that because we're gonna get you there faster, right? <clears throat> so Farouk, did you have anything uh, that you wanted to add to what I said? And then we'll answer some questions until you know for the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, sure, Michael. Uh, not much to add. Uh, just maybe one thing. And uh, that is that you were speaking about focusing on your successes. And the main and one of the main advantages to that, focusing on your successes. Now, there might be some speaking situations or some experiences. When you look at them, you might see them as failures. Oh, I was not able to speak well. I was not able to do this or that or whatever. But you, if you start to look out for successes, you would often find them. If within that speaking experience, you start to look out for successes. All right, so I'm seeing it as a failure, but let me try to look out for some successes. And when you do it, you would actually start to find some. I think at the start, I was speaking very well. Or at some points, I said some words very, very smoothly. Or even I was feeling more relaxed than before. Even if you were feeling more relaxed than before, that is a success. So you would want to shift your focus towards your successes because focus is like your own, it's like your own personal sunlight that you can point at whatever seed you like and whatever seed you point at, it starts to grow, right? So the more you focus on successes, the more you would experience them. If you still keep focusing on the failures, uh, like this is not happening, that is not happening, then it might happen more as well. So you would want to shift your focus on towards your successes. One more advantage to it is that once you know that I have to look out for successes, it would make you go out more and speak more so that you get more successes. So you would always be eager to go out and speak so that you can experience successes that you can write down just at night, right? So the more you focus on successes, the more they start to grow. And uh, as Michael was saying, uh, it just feels really, really great to be on this side. We also know what it feels like to not be able to say what you want to say, to force every single word out. Now, I can still remember that I used to force like every single word out. And I'm saying every single word out. But the system helped me reach from that place up to here. And now, as Michael often says, it feels like a big black heavy blanket is actually lifted off of your shoulders. Now you're no longer worried. I have to say this. I want to go up to her. I want to go up to him. I want to speak to them. And your mind is like, I don't think I would be, I would be able to, I'm going to get stuck, this or that. Now those things don't happen. Now you reach a point where you want to go out more and you want to speak more since speech is now your skill and that you can use more. In. So, those were just some small points, Michael, that I wanted to add. I think you're on mute. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So you kind of started to answer one of the questions. Uh, I don't know if this guy's still here. I think so. Um, when I speak slow, I constantly think of stuttering. Right. So there are some things that are going to happen for you that 
it's very it's challenging to target specifically so it could be the saying of a certain letter or of a certain word or uh, not negatively anticipating some of these things are happening and so you're looking for a specific technique to help you with that so we do have some specific techniques to help you with saying difficult words and letters like airflow linking and then all of the other proactive speaking skills that will work but the problem is i'm going to say you really can't just just technique your way to the level of speech and speaking identity that we're talking about you can't just use techniques and that's it we've created a whole system right a holistic system that addresses your speech from various points of perspective, various points of view, right? So the modeling helps you sometimes in ways that you don't know. The affirmations and self-talk helps you. Breathing, the breathing helps you. The free flow speaking, the going out and challenging yourself, just like I would if I'm going to go out and practice my Spanish, right? So all of these things and the listening to the audio, believe it or not, is extremely powerful. So if you just listen to the audio, you're going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to hear stuff that you won't remember now, but you may remember later. So all of these things that we have as a part of the process work together for your good. They work together. And what will happen is as you consistently do these things, all of a sudden you cross these different lines, right? You cross a line where you're no longer anticipating. Or if you do, it just might be normal. You have an interview coming up. Well, we're all going to anticipate. We're all going to feel a little anxious or nervous about that. But then it's how you handle that. Uh, or if you're meeting new people, well, we all might feel a little, right? So what happens is certain things begin to melt away. And it's you, you can't really technique it away. So if you're speaking slow and you're thinking about stuttering, well, there's a bunch of other things that when you do it, you'll look at speaking slowly in a completely different way and you won't be thinking about stuttering you'll be thinking about something else again when we say slow we're not talking about speaking like this right we're talking about just learning to slow your speech down and eventually speaking more dynamically where you're speaking like this and then you're pausing and slowing it down right so we're just talking about slowing everything down but not just slowing your the rate of speech down, but also feeling more relaxed, taking time, pausing, thinking. People who are very intelligent and at the upper levels of your organization, you're going to find that many of them take their time when they speak. It's just true. Not all of them, but many of them do that. So some things will be addressed as you go through the process, is my point. So if you're speaking slow and you're thinking about stuttering, it's probably because there's other elements that you need to incorporate, that you need to practice, which will take care of that. Uh, if you're having trouble saying these words or these letters or these sounds, there's going to be elements of the daily routine that if you do them all consistently, that just melts away. Getting started. Sometimes you figure, how do I get started? A lot of times it's just, don't think about getting started. Just 
be present, uh, think about something, do something. But how do you get to that place? It's the whole process. So if you try to technique your way to it, it gets frustrating and you'll find it. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's why we have a system and a process. All right. Farouk, I see you've been uh, quite busy answering the questions. So are there any other questions that we have not answered? Um, if, if so, go ahead and type that into the chat box. Any questions that we haven't answered or questions that you have for either one of us that we can answer for you before we wrap up? Uh, looks like it's about 1.12 here, my time. So, so I feel like we can wrap up in a few minutes. But if you guys have questions, please go ahead and ask them. When you get to my booking page, or you can just go to our coaching page, I'm going to send you a link to that. And also, hey, Farouk, do you have a link to your coaching page? If you do, put that into the chat box. Sure. Okay. So if you guys want to work directly with Farouk, he's going to put his link in the chat box and then you can book an appointment with him. Uh, he's a certified speech coach and uh, some of you may want to work directly with him. And then if you come to my coaching page, you, you can also get to Farouk that way. If you want to work with me, then of course I've already put a link in there for that. Okay. So that's his link. Go directly there. Just remember, uh, when you invest your time and your money in something like this, it's not just changing your speech, but it's changing your whole life. Physically, you feel healthier because you're not constantly under stress. You're not constantly worried about speaking. Your social life improves because now you're, you're willing and you want to go out uh, with your professional friends, with your colleagues, with your family, like you want to and you're able. I've had so many people say I've a deeper quality, longer conversations with my father, with my mother, with my spouse, with my kids. If you have kids, you don't want to pass uh, your speech, your old speech along to them because you can do that, right? They'll, that's how they learn the observation. They're watching to see how you speak. You don't want to pass that if you don't have to, and you don't have to because you can change it. So you want to look at this as changing your your life physically, you're going to feel more relaxed. You're going to be under a lot less stress. You're going to feel happier. You're going to feel more peaceful. You're going to feel calmer. You're going to feel more relaxed. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to be able to do those stand-ups uh, with ease. You're going to be able to take those interviews and apply for jobs. So many people come to me. My career is capped. It's limited because of my speech. doesn't have to be. Within a few months, you could be applying for the jobs that you want. You can, when you're talking and you're in meetings, are you saying everything that you want to say or are you holding back? You may be more knowledgeable than the next person, but because they're able to speak well, they're speaking up. And so they're giving the impression that they're more qualified or more intelligent or more articulate than you. It doesn't have to be that way. You can change that in a few short months, right? by working with us. So we got, it's changing your social life, it's changing your professional life, it's changing your, your health, right? Your physical life, um, changing your identity. Some of you want to go out and uh, start your own company or have your own business and you need to do Zoom calls. You need to meet with people. 
you're going to feel more confident and be more capable of doing that when you transform your speech. So the money that you invest in coaching will be returned to you thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of times. Often people, in fact, I just sent out a video that uh, you'll hear me say this, that people who work with us privately, you will find that you'll get better jobs and make more money. And this guy says, well, I'm a little skeptical of that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. You know, I stuck. And so then, you know, several, whatever, a couple of months into the program, because he was expressing himself more and he was able to speak better, and his speech is not 100, 100, but he's speaking smoothly, speaking better. Somebody offered him a job making a whole lot more money. And he was like, wow, this is really happening to me. I can't believe this. Right? Michael said that this would happen or could happen, and now it's really happening. So trust me, this is not sales. This is not marketing. I'm just telling you what actually happens to our clients. People will, will tell you, wow, I like the way you speak. Love the way you speak. You're an excellent speaker. You're a great speaker. It happens all the time. Happened to Farouk. Happens to me. Happens to my clients. You're going to get offered better jobs. You're going to apply for jobs, and you're going to get offered those jobs because of your speech. You have an opportunity to do that, and we can help you get there faster than if you're working by yourself. So any other any other questions? All right. Yes, Farouk, and then we're going to wrap up. We'll be done. Yes, sir. So I think someone asked something about modeling, and which is not in that in the language of English. Someone asked, so same was the case with me. Like when I was working on my speech, I was modeling Michael. And uh, for some people, it sounds weird, but I actually used to model Michael in my own language as well. Although I know that Michael actually does not speak my language, but I used to just visualize and think, if Michael were to speak my language, how would he speak? So what I actually did for it is that I translated some of his videos in my own language, and I started to do that modeling practice. And then I would just get some content of my own in my own language, and I would just try to say it like mine. Since whether you're speaking English, whether you're speaking your own language, your speaking style mostly stays the same. So if you're modeling Michael, you can model him for English as well, and you can model him for your own language as well. It should work. But if for some reason it's still not working, then you can find someone in your own language. But uh, as we always say, he or she should not be someone who's a very fast speaker or something like that. Otherwise, it would not actually be very helpful. But if you want to actually model Michael for your own language as well, that also works. If you're just doing all the practices and everything in the language of English, that does start to spill over into your own language as well. But side by side, if you also keep working on your language, you start to move much, much faster, right? So that is something that was asked, Michael. So I just wanted to address that. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. All right, guys, if there's no other questions, thank you so much for being here. Um, we'll be sending out a replay when it's ready. It'll go out automatically to you. Um, you'll get a couple of emails from me inviting you to work with us privately. If you can't do that and you're not in the system, then your next step would be join the system. We're just going to give you a little heads up. We are creating kind of a virtual Toastmasters. It won't be called Toastmasters but we're creating 
um, an opportunity for you. And uh, it will be very, very cost effective, but it'll be something that you can join. It'll be almost just like Toastmasters, but better right? <laughs> that you can join to work on your speech to practice and to have a, a larger global community where you can do that. So be on the lookout for that. We're, we're working on that right now. Okay. All right. Uh, if nothing else, then we'll go ahead and close out here now. So thank you guys for attending. Hope this was helpful. Um, we'll try to also get some notes out to you. I'll, I'll get my VA to kind of create a little cheat sheet, but you'll have the video and then we'll try to get you some notes on the three obstacles as well as the solutions and then go through this video and go through the other two videos that I put out on the obstacles and on the first solution because this is stuff that you need to know in the background to help you build those new habits get rid of old habits okay so thank you so much we'll see y'all next time